Jason's here. Okay. Jason, <laughs> I, I, I need you to hear this. So when I was here yesterday cleaning, it hit me that I think I heard a song and it reminded me of you. I was listening with my headphones and, um, and I was like, I wonder if Jason's leading tomorrow. And I got excited. No sleep, this is what it does. Um, you know, last weekend was beautiful and powerful. Kyle leading, and it was just a wonderful time of worship, and of course, you know, friends being here and all of us together. But um, I want you to know that there is, and I mean this, there is no A and B team at all here. And I love that. That's probably one of the things that I love the most about even when Shagoon or Hank or Ashley, anybody gets up here to speak. It's not like there's an A and B team as far as even speaking to my husband or you leading to Kyle. Like it's genuinely, I mean this from the depth of my heart. Like I love that we have, we are discovering how we can all be just and we're in our place and being who we are, genuinely, authentically who we are. And it is, there is no comparison. It's like exactly, it's like it's fitting together an entire body and it fits so perfectly. And you don't want anyone to try to be like anyone else because the value and the power of you being you is so beautiful. And so I, I love your sweet spirit that comes when you lead. And I want you to know that I would follow you in the presence of the Lord any day, any day. So sorry to get so emotional about it, but I just wanted you to know that um, I feel the same way about Kyle and, and other leaders that speak. I really do, but it's just, it's, I love it. I love you guys. I'm just so proud of all of, all, all of you guys and how you just are who you are. Um, and he's going to add to that. That's right. <clears throat> so the reason that she gets so emotional is because, like, this is our heart. We want, we're better all together. Yeah, I mean, really. So when, when my friend, when my pastor friends ask about preaching and all that, um, I was like, we have a team of preachers here. Like, I used to feel like I had to preach every service. Like, you know, I was the pastor. You know, it was my birthright or something. I had to speak. And then I was like, other people have stuff to say, and they're gifted and talented. And so my goal is to, to preach about 30 times a year, and then this team takes the other 22 weeks because they have something to say, and they have something unique and different. And as a whole, it makes us better. It's the same with our worship team. God's building a worship team, uh, multiple layers. God's building other ministries in this house. And, and it's a big deal to us because like, it's more fun when we're all invested together. Like, you know why going to church has been so boring for a lot of people for years? Because we go to church and we watch people do their job and perform and we sit. But when we're all interested because we have something that a part we play, church takes on a whole different feel. Like I actually can affect the atmosphere here. I can affect the room. I can, I can choose a paint color on the wall. I can change the de decorations. Like, listen, this is coming from me who has controlled the colors and the decorations and everything in the church for years. <laughs> like poor Amber comes in the other day with decorations and she brings the receipts and says, I have the receipts with them because I know you may not like them. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. If that's the way you feel, I'm messing up. I'm being serious. If that's how people feel, then I'm doing this wrong. And I'm telling you now that that is not my heart and I will communicate and empower you and we will continue to do that until this place looks like the kingdom. And I, I love it when, and this is happening because when guests come that don't know anything about us, they don't know I'm the pastor. Not just because I don't look like one, but because everyone's functioning in the roles. And I'm like, that's what I want. I want people to walk in here and just be fed by this body. And we're saying all that because like, we see a future here. Like we're working with lights. Like Mark put these lights in and he's figuring out how the whole system today, like trying to figure out what we can and what we can't do and what looks good and what doesn't look good. Why are we doing this? Because we're prepping for something in the future. Like, like you're like, well, lights don't matter. They do matter. Atmosphere matters. You know, 
Facebook Live in the future. We have to have good lighting. It matters. Like we're planning for a future of this church having an impact. And, and that means all of you pulling together. And so I want to tag into that. Thank you for last week. Uh, I want to thank every one of you. And, and we've got thank you cards coming. We want to hug your neck and love on you. Um, people aren't even in the room. So I've thanked them personally. But I mean, Paul, I, I haven't said anything to you. Everyone said, man, Paul, Paul was up here working like a hoss. That's what I, like, he was a workhorse is what they said. And I appreciate it. And, and, I, and I, it's awesome. Like you sewing time in here. Matt, Jason, Mark, Kyle, Robbie in the nursery today serving again, right? Robbie, Cheryl, Mitchum serving in the kitchen. Patricia helping out. Who else? Amber. Oh, I, that, I'm telling Amber, like, I couldn't do anything we do here without Amber. Like, if she wasn't around, I, like, I'm lose, I don't have my head on straight. Like, she keeps everything in order. You guys are amazing. The Shigun and Bimpe planning all the stuff and behind-the-scenes stuff that people didn't see. And um, you guys have the cleaning. They cleaned last week. They told us not to come in Wednesday, Thursday. And so Mandy didn't clean, and they cleaned the church. They did everything. Like, we just showed up, and, and that's never happened before. I was kind of lost I was like, I don't, I, I don't have to turn the lights on or lock the building or like any, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm like, I was kind of like a fish out of water. And, but you know, I need that. Like we, I love it. And I love what God's doing here and the people he's putting uh, in this house. Um, I, I don't even know how else to, to, to just say. I, I, I told Amber and Mark this, I'll say it publicly. Um, I felt like, like y'all gifted us a reward for a long, hard season. Like y'all don't even know. It's <laughs> <sighs> thank I'm thankful. This is what I look like when I'm thankful. I cry. <laughs> You don't like my gift? No, I love it. It's the best ever. <laughs> but we sowed a lot of tears for a long year, a lot of years, and made sacrifices as a family, and we did stuff that no one knows. And I will never, ever pat myself on the back. I don't do things for a reward. I do them because I want to serve God and obey Him. But you guys, well, y'all have given us this trip that's coming up. We're going to get to go get our batteries recharged. We get to take a family trip. Like, you have no idea what you gave to us. It feels like a reward from God, like literally feels like a reward from God. And so thank you for it. Thank you for loving us well. I've never, I've never been more happy of where, where we're at. And I was telling someone, I just feel very at peace for where we are as a church, where, where I am. I'm like comfortable, like this is, it's going to be okay. We're going to figure all, all the question marks are going to be figured out, but we're going in a good place. And so I wanted to take a moment before we got into anything else and do you have any, anything to add? Yep. We got some awesome fudge. <laughs> and let me tell you, Levi has been eating it up all week. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, you guys, we didn't expect. Y'all gave generously as well. Some of you gave us, you know, money. And in addition to a trip, we don't. But I told Jared, you know, I never expect. You don't really expect pastor appreciation whenever you feel that way, like every week. You, we feel that way. We don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but we never expect an event because you guys always make us feel appreciated and loved. And so I just thank y'all for that. I was thinking about it last night or in the middle of the night. Um, I really feel like, like this is the healthiest church I've been a part of. And I, I think that's a really, really powerful thing. And I'm really excited about what the Lord's doing. But thank you guys. I know y'all worked so hard and um, it was so wonderful. We loved it. Loved every minute of it last week. So thank y'all for everything that you did. You're awesome. And I'm going to go sit down now. Yes. Yep. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, we love you guys. So here's to 20 years, 20 more years of this. Man, I'll be 64 almost. That'd be great. 20 more years, 30 more years. 50 more years. That'd be great. That'd be something, wouldn't it? Well, y'all ready? And we'll probably be in a couple of places and just trying to navigate how I want to split this thing up, but we're definitely going to read Psalm 42. So we'll be in Psalm 42. 
and Matthew 7, probably. But for sure, Psalm 42. And so, Father, I just, uh, we thank you. We, this is the season of Thanksgiving, and so we just thank you for all you are to us. You're a father. Jason and the team, we sing about it. You're the way maker, promise keeper, miracle worker. That is who you are, God. You have been faithful, faithful, faithful. That is our testimony. That, that's the testimony of this house, that God is faithful. And God, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your patience with us. We thank you for making us sons and daughters and bringing us into your family. We feel so honored. We, we didn't earn this and you called us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we feel honored to carry your name. And so Father, I just ask today that you would continue the work you've started in every one of us. The good work you've started, that you will bring it to a place of completion, to a place of great fruitfulness. Someone say amen to that. To great fruitfulness. <laughs> hmm. Those who sown in tears will reap in joy. So we just release that over this house, God, a new season of fruitfulness. And I ask that you would speak to our hearts and to us what we need to hear from you today, that we will become healthier and healthier every day, God. Come on, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, a lot of times when we preach, um, we, we're dealing with, with issues or we're dealing with, with behavioral things or the heart, or maybe there's a specific topic or even a sin that we're addressing or talking about, or maybe it's about grab hold of the promises of God for your life, for your family. But today, I want to speak to your spirit, to your soul. We don't really know how to take good care of our souls. And... <laughs> Sometimes our soul will cry out and we will miss the, the cues. And the thing about this is we, we will medicate and we will address the needs of our soul even without having a conversation about our soul. It's there, those are the things, you talk about generational curses, I, I don't want to talk about it like that, but there are generational patterns, things that we learn as a family, and those things that we've learned are how we address our soul. Did you know that? What do we do when we're angry, when our soul was just with turmoil and anger? This is what we do. What do we do when our kids are screaming and yelling and we have no control over them? We yell, shut up in the most hateful voice you've ever heard. That's what we do. Shame on us. I'm talking about my family. I can make shut up sound like go to you know where. It is bad. It is so bad, right? That's, that's the way we talk. What do we do when we're stressed as a family? This is what we do. This is how we, we uh, uh, relieve the stress of our soul in our family. What do we do when we're confused? Well, this is how we get answers to our soul, for our soul and our family. Like there are things that we do that we don't even think about doing. And they usually are addressing soul issues. And when we get in church, we talk about the heart. We talk about your spirit and God and what his promises. And he's made us a new creation and all these things. And then here's our soul over here that's like the filter of our life. Did you guys know that? Like our soul is the filter of our life. Everything that we go through goes through the soul. And it affects us. Y'all with me? Hmm. And the Lord wants us to be settled in our soul. The Bible has a scripture in Psalm that says, those, those that know God will look into the future and will have no fear. They will look in, forward into the days of trouble and rejoice. That is a person whose soul is at rest with God. Remember the old hymn, it is well with my soul. If I can get my soul under the authority of Christ, the rest of me will be well. I would, brethren, that you would prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. It is the brain of our prosperity or it is the brain of our turmoil, the soul. And we don't even know how to address it 
And I would say there's a lot we could go into today. We could go into the sozo ministry. We could go into counseling ministry. That's typically, those things address the soul issues and the ties and the things that are there. And that's important, and we do that a lot here, and we need to do more of it going forward. But there's also a way to address our soul with the authority that God has given us because we are the gatekeeper of our life. David commanded his soul to act certain ways. He would say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Hmm. He would talk to himself all through the Psalms. He would be depressed. Have you ever read them and like they start out like really sad? Like, man, poor David, he's having a really bad day. And he's just like, God, all my enemies have surrounded me and you're nowhere to be found. And blah. it goes like he's singing this dirge and he's crying, right? And then all of a sudden in the middle of it, he goes, but my soul will find refuge in you. My soul will turn to you. Where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. Like in the middle of this, he realized that the root of his sorrow and the root of his bad perspective on everything was his soul. So he would address his soul and he would say, my soul will not be downtrodden. My soul will not be depressed. My soul will not be beat down right now. I will bless the Lord with my soul. I will, I will make myself do what I say I'm going to do. I love Danny Silk's stuff is the best. And he's like, if you think you can tr- control other people, that's, it's a really faulty idea, right? Because on a good day, we do what we tell ourselves to do. <laughs> I've been running um, practices with our soccer team, and I've been scrimmaging with uh, Josiah's team. So they're a bunch of 14-year-old boys that can run all day, right? And I've been running with them, and I've noticed that if the ball's kind of far away from me, my body says, don't run after that ball. They're going to beat you to it. And my brain says, I can beat anyone on this field to that ball. And my body's like, don't even think about it. But there's something that's been put inside of me that runs anyway. I've found that again. I make the run anyway. My soul tells my body, run anyway. Whether you get there before them or not, run anyway. I mean, you think of this huge football field and you're going to run 60 yards to a ball that this kid's definitely going to beat you too, probably, right? More than likely, unless you can bump him and an old man cheat a little bit, right? But there, I've, I've found that voice again in my soul that says, get up and do it anyway. Well, I don't feel like doing the dishes right now. Soul, tell your body to get up and do it anyway. Don't even argue. Just do it, right? And God wants us to find our voice again to where we tell our bodies and we tell our soul and our spirit what to do, where we take authority back over our lives. We are not victims. Even if we've been victimized, we are not victims. Even if everything around us feels like it's in control, it is not in control. Even if, like David, all my enemies are. He's telling the truth. They're all surrounding me, God. They've laid traps for me. I see them. Look, see them over there? I'm on this hill hiding in a cave. Look at them laying a trap for me over there. I see them. God's like, yeah, yeah, they're there. Even though those things are true, David would say, but I will find rest. My soul will find rest in you. And I want us as a church to rediscover that. It's the powerful voice inside of us. That, that power inside that God has put, it's the, the voice of life and death. That powerful voice inside of us needs to be rediscovered. I remember years ago when, when a, a guy named Lance Wallnow, do y'all anyone know of him or have heard of him? If, if not, that's fine. <clears throat> well, he, would, he did this thing at this huge conference, and he had all of us stand up and take a position like we're in a war. And he had to stand up. And like There's probably 1,500 to 2,000 people, I can't remember. And he had us all yell out, I'll try. And so everyone's there. He's like, all right, one, two, three. Everyone goes, I'll try. (laughs) And it sounds like the beta males of today, right? Like if you know what that term is, right? I'll try. I'll do my best. If it's not too hot, if it's not too difficult, if everything goes my way, if the wind's blowing at my back, I'll try. 
And it felt like that. You could feel it in the room because we all said, I'll try from here. So he's like, all right, I want you to take your stance and I want you to say two words. I will. So he had us all stand up. One, two, three. I will. And it like echoed in the room. I was like, oh. And he says, why is that different? Because try is not powerful. I'm going to try to live for God. I'm going to try to become debt free. I'm going to try to take control of my schedule. I'm going to try to overcome an addiction. We can't try. But I will is a command. And it comes from a different place. It comes from the soul saying, I'm taking authority of this. Have you ever done that before? You've been in a, a situation that needed addressed, and when you finally stepped in and had that confrontational discussion or moment, how did it feel? You felt powerful, right? Why? Because you were stewarding the realm that God wanted you to steward, and that is a powerful way to live. Psalm 42. I'm going to read from the Passion Translation because they put extra passion in it, right? I long to drink of you, O God. Just read along with me. I don't care what version it is. I long to drink of you, O God, drinking drinking deeply from the streams of pleasure, flowing, uh uh-oh, uh-oh. Change translations on me. Drinking deeply from the streams of pleasure that flow from your presence, my longings overwhelm me for more of you. Another translation says, my soul longs for you. I thirst for you. My soul thirsts for you. It pants for you. It longs for the living God. I want to come and see the face of God. And then he goes into the what's going on. Day and night, my tears keep falling and my heart keeps crying for your help. When my enemies mock me over and over saying, where is the God of yours? Where is this God of yours? Why doesn't he help you? Hmm. The New King James version of this says, when shall I come and appear before my God? My tears have been my food day and night. They continually say to me, where is your God? There is a place sometimes where our tears make accusations about God. I didn't, this is where we're going to land today. There is a wound, a pain, a disappointment, or something in our lives that can still bring tears to our eyes. Does anyone else in the room have any of those? I I do. I I remember two weeks ago, sitting right here when Hank was preaching, one came to me that I totally didn't even think about. And I got tears immediately thinking about it. And if I think about it right now, I'll probably cry. Some deep soul wound, deep in my soul connected to another deep soul wound. Remember he talked about the poisonous arrows and when they have lies as sentences attached to these arrows and they're words that go into our heart and if we don't dispel them and take them out, the poison of those words becomes something we build, a, we build on that lie in our life. And as I sat right where Nicole is, two things came to my mind and they were coupled together and my soul began to cry. And that whole week... It's funny because two weeks before, I had a whole week where I was just quiet, which is rare for me. I was waiting for Mandy or Joe to say something. No lessons for the house. No, here, this is really important stuff you need to know. No historical talks. No, no, you know, the government needs to leave us alone talks. None of that stuff, right? In the house, just quiet because God was dealing in my soul. And then two weeks ago, sitting right here, it all made sense. And my soul had continued to cry over these things in an accusation to God. Where were you, God? 
I'm still hurting from something you could have stopped. I'm still disappointed about something you let happen. I wasn't saying those words. Come on, I, I, this is, I know it's a really different. I wasn't saying those words. My tears were saying them. Because God had not removed the pain and the poison from those lies that were spoken. It's one of the awesome things that's going to happen when Jesus comes back and we meet him and we stand before him. Like, this is not a scary thing. We get to stand before our maker and he's going to reward us for our obedience. And all the things that we've done for Christ is going to be, they're going to be celebrated. And we're going to stand before him and he's going to say, well done. Y'all get, y'all listen to this. Every one of us that continues on this path toward his heart is going to hear from the maker of all creation. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Come and enter the joys of eternity, right? And then there's this moment in heaven where the Bible says that he wipes the tears from everyone's eyes. And I, I want there to be a moment like that today where the soul wounds, and this may just be for one or two people in the room, it may be for someone specifically on the podcast, it may just be me talking about what I've been processing. But I want God to come through here with, his, with the Spirit of God to come in and wipe the tears from our eyes that accuse Him. Come on. Come on. There is a way to remember and reminisce without accusation. I have to self-edit a lot because <laughs> I want to just, I'm like, the, I'll just rip my heart open and tell you everything going on. Do you believe, let me ask you this question. Do you believe that God wants you to be completely healthy and whole in every area, past, present, future? Yes. How many of you, don't raise your hand, are dragging a corpse of a dead promise, a dead relationship, a soul wound, you're dragging it through life with you. How many have had that thing come to mind within the last week, two weeks, a month? Why does it come to our mind? Because our soul is saying, you need to be healed. We don't even know, and this is how, the, how God works. The Bible says that he knows our needs before we even ask. But then he told us to ask, why? So that our joy can be made. Say that with me. God knows our needs before we even ask. But he wants us to ask so that our joy may be full. Now, think about that process in the context of what we're talking about today. If there is a deep soul wound that I even cry about, I have had times where I have woke, awakened. I have awakened weeping. My wife will tell you, it's happened a few times. Weeping. It's my soul crying. It wasn't just because I was having a bad dream. My soul was communicating to me, wake up, conscious Jared. There is something deep in your heart that's hurting you that you have not had a conversation or a healing about. And my soul would cry. I would wake up with tears running down my face, sometimes even sobbing. This is not common. So don't call the, you know, hey, this guy needs to, you know, be in a jacket. <laughs> this happened just a few times. But it was my soul saying, there's something going on that has not been resolved. And God does not want us to live like that. So when my soul becomes aware of these things, it's God saying, you're aware of it now because I want to release you from it. And I want to change your perspective about it. And I want to remove the, the, the ability that that thing has to continue to wound you and haunt you. I want you to be free. And then when your soul, when you become aware of what's going on in your soul, God says, now ask me. See, that's part of the healing process. Come on. Oh, man. 
I love it when Jesus would just walk by and heal someone. They didn't even ask, right? Like he would, hey, there's a funeral procession. Okay, that guy died too early. Let's go, let's go heal that boy. Let's go heal that little girl. She's young. Let's, she hadn't even lived a full life. And Jesus would just do that, right? But then there were some times where he, he would just kind of almost like he was withholding it, but we know God doesn't do that, right? He would almost just, and he'd be like, well, what do you want from me? And they would have to ask. They would have to ask. See, there's something that happens in our soul when we submit and surrender and ask God to heal us. It's a big deal to ask for help. It is a sign of surrender, and it's actually beautiful to ask for help. It's not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of authority. It is a sign of taking control of our life and saying, you know what? I can't do this. I need you, God. And this is the the most powerful thing about all of it. I didn't even know that's what was hurting me. But you allowed my soul to cry out to where now, oh, I'm aware. Because you know what I need before I even know. You know what I need before I even ask. So you allow me to know what's going on in the deepest part of me. Like it goes on to say there in Psalm 42, deep calls to deep. All your waves and your, and your breakers crash over me. So the deepest part of us is crying out to God and he's alerting us to it. And he's highlighting it because he wants to release us from it. And it's so powerful when he's released, us, uh, released this flow of tears from our soul. And we say, oh, that's why I need you, God. That's what I'm missing from you, God. Like I've, I've had a... All right, I'm just going there. Mandy and I have had a lot of conversations through the years, and it goes something like this. Jared, you are not the same leader you were when you were leading duo. What happened to you? Am I telling the truth? You're not even the same guy. You're boring. I'm just, this is what I hear. (laughs) This is my side. I've got the mic. No, she's not. I was crazy, man. Some of you that were around, I was crazy. I was actually kind of foolish. I would run headlong into something before I thought about it, right? And if someone told me not to do something, that was really an invitation to just, let's try it out. Hey, some of that was good. Some of it was bad, but that's kind of how I lived. I lived like out open, man. And then when I would mess up, I would be like, yep, that was me. I did that. That was really dumb. I want to apologize to all my fans, right? I'm so sorry. I'll take this moment, have a press conference, and tell you all that I just did was really dumb. But you should trust me going forward. (laughs) Because even if I mess up, I'm going to at least be open about it, right? That was how I lived, literally. From the time I was little, I couldn't get away with anything, man. I was talking to Kyle about that. Like, I can't get away with anything. Because if you ask me about it, I can't lie. I have no, I can play poker. I have no poker face. Like... I have to tell you, this is what I did. Like, that's me, like a little kid, man. I can't. And so that's how I lived. And then something, I don't know specifically, but for today, I'm going to self-edit this. And just so you know that this has been a process. And there were two lies spoken over me that I believed. I didn't even know I believed them. But they went deep into my soul. And those were the two things that I cried the most about in my life. And two weeks ago, thank you, Hank. It's like, I was sitting in his sermon. I was like, this is good. It's a good sermon. Nice. And then all of a sudden, it's like, bam. I was like, oh, that's, that's the Hank. Oh, right? That's what he does. Oh. He dropped a bomb on me, and I could not. I was like, this isn't just a good sermon. This is for me, man. Oh. I rediscovered who I was. Uh, my name, I'm David. Hi, I'm David. Just so you know, I'm David. I've always been David. I was the boy, literally. I, this is how cheesy I was. Y'all remember Kenny G? just I was the goofy little boy that sat in my room and played Kenny G music and wrote worship words to it. That was me. 
from the time I was little. I was the little boy that listened to songs that would come on the radio that were popular, and I would change the words and sing them to God. I've always been that little boy. I was David. I was, you'll see this probably at some point in my life, but when I pray, I like to be by myself because I do weird things. I sword fight. I'm not kidding. When I'm in warfare, I pretend I have a sword in my hand and I pray in tongues. That's me privately. I've always been that guy. And I lost him. And it was because something wounded my soul and I didn't even know. And my wife is saying, Jared, be the, be the guy you always were. I, like, I don't know who he is. I don't know what happened to him. All the responsibilities and having kids. And I blamed it on all the stuff that made sense. You're right. You can't make mistakes now. You got more people that are, that are relying on you to not make mistakes. Kind of caused you to not take risks, right? And that's healthy in a lot of ways, but that wasn't what was going on here. And I did all this today because God, God wants to heal the issues of our soul and remove the accusation from our tears. And I've never heard that or thought of that ever in my life until that's what God's been doing in me. And if you're here today, if you're listening today, and you've got a soul wound, don't live with it anymore. It literally affects your identity. It completely, it becomes a trigger. There's a funny term they use on the radio called shelter dog. <laughs> and, and a shelter dog is, you know, a dog that's been abused and they're in a shelter. And so when you go to try to pet it, they, shelter dog, right? That's what trauma does to us. We flinch. Like the Lord's like, I want to gather you close and we flinch. Like, I want to, someone else, like, I really want to, I want you to be my friend and come into my inner circle. And they're like, whoa, I've been there before and people hurt me. So I'm good with being friends, but you're going to be way out there on those rings. And people are like, no, I'm supposed to be closer to you. Let me in. <clears throat> And there are these things that we just drag through life. And we think, well, it's just because I'm too busy. I've, I've got a business now. I've got kids. I've got, I've got bills, all this stuff. And those sound like great excuses, but they're cover-ups to really what's going on. Those aren't the issues. We are fully equipped to manage everything we have in our life to maximum capacity. Baby, we are fully equipped to manage every part of our life to maximum capacity and output and success. Those aren't the things keeping us from being everything God called us to be. It is these soul things that we drag through life. So today, I'm asking you, don't go looking for things, okay? But if something has come up over the last few weeks or month, I believe that today is for you. I believe that God wants your attention and he wants you to know this is what's been going on. You didn't know. But this is what's happening. He's removing the accusation from your tears. Like, I'm going to remember that line. I'm going to use it till I'm 94. He wants to remove the accusation of our tears, remove the pain of our trauma, and he wants us to be healed people. Father God, you are the great healer. Would you tell him that? God, you're the great healer. You are not bound by time. You are not bound by distance. You're not bound by depth or depravity or anything. Nothing stops your healing. Nothing is beyond your reach. You can even heal us when the other party that wounded us doesn't even know they did it or doesn't care that they did it. Would you stand? I just, again, I'm going to make this very clear. We are not to go looking for things. But if God brings something up, we should go there with him. Hello? 
If God brings something up, we better go there with him. <clears throat> so I'm going to ask you like this. Make room here. If you have had a soul wound and you, you, know, you know that this was for you today, I want you to come across the front. We're going to pray for you. Yeah. Thank you, God. Come on. <laughs> I hear him say, I choose you. I don't know. I choose you. <clears throat> you know, Hank taught, talked today about our prayer team, about using the prophetic. This is a perfect time to use the prophetic and to speak life over, over these here. So I want to invite the prayer team up. If you feel God's calling you to pray for someone, come on up. Just come behind them, lay your hand on their shoulder, and just encourage, pray over them, whatever you need to do. Because God needs to do this thing right here, okay? They may not even need to hear a word from us. But having someone just pray for them and, and on their team may be what they need right now. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray from here just to start it. Um, if you feel God leading you and have faith for someone up here, come behind them and pray for them. If God does give you a word, when you're done, ask him if you can give him the word. Ask him if it makes sense. Maybe it unlocks something inside of them. But so, so Father, we just say thank you so much for bringing clarity to the things that some of us have been walking through. Thank you for always knowing what we need before we even know. You're so good. You're ahead of the curve. <laughs> you see before we see. And Lord, you know exactly what every one of us needs today. And so, great physician. It's one of your names, the great physician. We ask that you would come and remove the accusation from our sorrow and our tears. Remove the poison from the arrows of our past. Remove the, the pain from our trauma. Change the way we see history today, God change the things that we believe. We break agreement with lies that have been spoken. We break agreement with curses that have been released into our life. We break agreement where when decisions were made, even without thought, but the way they affected us, decisions that affected us, we release the pain of that as well. The unintentional pain. That's, that's a word. Unintentional pain. Didn't even know. We released those people that wounded us. We released them. We, don't, we have zero ill will toward them, and we actually want them to be well and prosper. But this is about us right now, and so we release them, and we ask for you to heal us. I know, God, that you can heal trauma. You've been doing it my whole life. I've seen that testimony as much or more than any other testimony of you healing hearts and trauma. And so, God, I ask that you would do it now. Hmm. We release the healing oil from heaven. Come on. If you want to pray for someone, come on up. Yeah. Y'all keep praying. I, I just speak to those that listen to the podcast that, that aren't here. We bless you today. I pray that this word was for you. I pray that you're healed up right now. God knows exactly where you are. He hasn't forgotten you. He wants to heal you. He's willing and he's able. And we just send the presence of God to you right now, wherever you are. And this may be heard five years in the future, and it's still alive and active, God, what you're doing. We just bless them right now. I pray that you would re release them from trauma and pain. I pray that you would heal them completely. And God, this is what I pray over everyone, that as you heal us, you make us prosperous. As you heal us, you make us fruitful in the place of our pain. Man, that you would be fruitful in the place of your pain. Mm. <laughs> so, Father, today you are birthing a Manasseh. 
The name Manasseh means causing to forget the pain. You are also releasing an Ephraim. I shall be doubly fruitful in the land of my affliction. So Ephraim and Manasseh were promises. There were sons born that were promises. You've caused me to forget the pain of my turmoil, my past, my trauma, but you're also birthing an Ephraim, an Ephraim and a Manasseh, that you will cause us to be doubly fruitful in the land that was painful. Turn the sorrow and the painful soil into fertile ground. Beauty from ashes, God. Beauty from ashes. Double fruitfulness, double joy, double peace. Safety. May they feel safe, God. Hmm. Be our defender, our hiding place, our rock, our fortress. We cancel the assignment of the trauma. And God, you cause all things to work together for our good. We declare that right now. And going forward, this real-life event, these things that have really happened will serve your purposes and will no longer be weights that we carry through life. We will see them through different eyes going forward. There will be no more accusation in our tears. You will turn our tears to joy and laughter. Peace is better than understanding. Yes, it is. Y'all hear that? Peace is better than understanding. It doesn't matter. Peace is. What's the matter? Thank you, God. So here's the homework assignment. You get to give this away to people. So the Lord is going to alert you. And if you're in conversation and you sense trauma, you sense the prophetic coming on you, I want you to release them from it, right? You get to go do this stuff. I I love, like he said, John Wimber says, when do we get to do the the stuff that's in the Bible? When do we get to do that stuff? Every day we get to do it. So be alert, all right? If you hear release people. He's, he's called us. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed us to preach the good news, yeah, but to release captives and prisoners. Amen?
Some of you, you need to do this with your kids. Maybe some of you even have adult children. But I, I felt I needed to say that before we leave, that someone, you, you, someone or more than, some, than one needs to, to go through this process with your kids. And I don't mean little kids, although there is a way to do it appropriately at every age. But uh, I'm thinking tip, especially older kids. <clears throat> now, you can do it as a parent through prayer over your little kids. Maybe some of your little kids have already experienced trauma in their life. You as a parent still have authority over them. And I wrote a note in my phone a few weeks ago that, that says that we can mark our children for life. And you can mark your children for life. You can do something positive. And so just, just pay attention to that over the next few weeks. Um, one, one thing I do, and I heard this from a, um, a Jewish a rabbi, they were asking, like, did you really, were you really spiritual at home or whatever like that when he was growing up? He's like, he's like, not really. And they were like, nothing? There was like no prayer? He's like, yeah, we prayed over our meals, Jewish prayer. And he's like, well, is that it? And he's like, you know what? I never thought of this. I haven't thought about this since I was little. My dad would always pray over us. He would put his hand on our head and he would say, uh, he would pray a Jewish, Jewish prayer, but then he would say, I bless your present and I bless your future. So I've done that. I do that. That's what I pray over my kids all the time. So you can even bless their past, their present, and their future. All right? I think that's it. Do you have anything you want to close? Good? We're good? Uh, Ashley, you have any? We're good? Okay, if you need prayer for anything else, come to the front. We're here. It's not just about trauma today. Maybe you literally need God to come through in another way. We'll, we'll pray for you. Um, we love you. You're awesome. There won't be a, a service tonight at 5, which we've been doing, but there won't be one tonight at 5. Um, and I think that's, that's it. All right? Be free. Be doubly fruitful. Amen? All right.